0: that way, Sherm. This is a show that has my name on it. It Brought to you by Carter, Volkswagen, and Ballard. Now here are your hosts, Brock Heward and Mike Salt. Hello! Hello. Swirling along here, Brock and Salt, Seattle Sports on 710seattlesports.com and the Seattle Sports app. G. Scott's in the building (laughs) Uh, with me for the next couple hours. Good morning. When's the last time we did like two hours together? It's been forever. It's
1: been a minute. It has been a minute. Of Look, be... Before we get into it, I'm just coming into you guys' house. Let me get the lay of the land. Yeah. Let me go with see what's going on. First of all, obviously Brock is he's not here. Uh, my main man, you got more is in Iowa, Iowa, um, yeah. and I. You, I heard that comment you made about being at the beach. Yeah. that's not right. Well, well I that's mean, not right. Come on, that's not right. Um, <laughs> I this morning I was driving in listening to the show because yeah. I wanted to make sure I was on top of things. First of all, I just want to say good morning to all the Brock and Sog listeners that are listening this morning. Shout out to you. I figured Justin out. Yes, you figured him out. Yeah, I figured Justin out. And so, tell me what you learned. You oh, guys, man. you guys ride with me for a second. Okay. So Justin, obviously, how long's he been how long have you been back? A year and a half? About a year and a half, yeah. Yeah, you've been back a and little so, more than that actually. And so yeah, so you brought this Justin guy with you. Yeah. And so I didn't get it. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't understand it. And then if you're listening right now, I know you're you're listening, you're like, me either, G. Oh, I don't wow. know, who, who is this Justin guy, <laughs> right? And so then you get to know him, and then you find you know what this Justin dude is cool, nice dude, all right. But this morning I was driving in this morning and listening to his contribution on the show, and it finally hit me. One, he's really important to the show. Oh. That's I, I want to say that. I want to start off with that. Wow, thank but you. I but, but 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 there's a deeper deal right here. So this payoff is good. So. You know how other people's babies, not yours, mm-hmm. but other people's newborn babies, you know how they ugly? Yeah, they all look the same. They all look the same. They're ugly, and you're just like, Ugh. yeah, like, oh, right? Cute baby. Yeah. Yeah. But, but when they're newborn, that's just into the show. Uh-huh. Just to the show was somebody else's newborn baby, okay. right? Yeah. But then you go back to a get-together. Maybe you go over there for Juneteenth. Maybe you go over there for a holiday get-together in a party, and you have not seen that newborn Mm. for about three to four months or maybe even a year, and you start to see the features, and you start to be like, oh, okay, (laughs) I see it now. You start looking like your daddy, okay? That is Justin Ah. to this show. Justin was the newborn baby at first that I was like, mmm. But now listening to him I see the features I hear the features and I see what he brings now to Now he's the like show. a 12
0: week old golden yeah, retriever puppet. Exactly man Justin
1: yeah. hey all right, man Oh I'm glad Gee. to hear
0: uh, what a what a wonderful thing to say to start now,
1: off the do you show want to today. tell the people what you sent me in text last night I mean, <laughs> I, I mean, oh, okay. I, I, well, it was, it this was, is the it was Bro- not that big of a This thing. is the Brock and Salk show. And, and when I come on, I am very transparent. does not seem that way. So <laughs> here's what it's like. I'm like, yo, so what's the deal? I'm still coming in. Like, yeah, you're going to be coming in. Okay, this is gonna be, we probably might talk about this. I'm like, yeah, you guys never tell me what we talk about. And I was like, okay, cool. And then he was like, yeah, Salk had a Father's Day. And he was like, you know, Father's Day is disrespectful. I said, cool. And um, he's like, I'm going to bed. I say, That's cool. That's the part. I'm going to bed, and then I sent him a text of uh, somebody <laughs> eating eating a sandwich in bed by
0: themselves. I like, couldn't take it. She had to take a chance to give, send a little rose. Who, who's
1: that, Squidward? No, that's, <laughs> yeah. that's, not, <laughs> no, that's Patrick. That's, yeah, I sent him a picture of Patrick <laughs> eating a burger in bed it's by himself.
0: You think <laughs> that's what Justin was doing? It's like,
1: I mean, he for sure goes to I bed knew. by himself. I,
0: obviously. I, sh- I showed it to Betsy, and she goes, oh. <laughs> i'm all just right. impressed you were in the, you mean you texted Betsy that so she could see it <laughs> yeah, right. Of right, yeah. all right good morning well, thanks, well up, i was going to spend a couple minutes here on the mariners uh we're going to bounce around a little bit over the course here of the morning i got some seahawks stuff for you i got True. some mariner stuff some other you know, i know you've got some questions that we're going to kind of run through as well but I, this mariner team is so weird man and only this mariner team could disappoint while they win they really have managed to find a unique way to be disappointing even when they're winning. Mm-hmm. And th- and that's kind of what I saw this weekend. Yeah. They're an odd team, man. Teo is hitting now, which is great. They really needed him to kind of pick it up. And he has. He's stinging the ball all over the place. And it was like, oh, he's hitting? Yeah, we're all going to take the rest of the weekend off. Yeah. Like, oh, Tao's hitting now. We're good. Oh, wait, you're not good? You actually need to have more than one or two guys contributing at a time? Yeah. They're just bizarre. I mean, uh, these three games, you could look at them individually Mm -hmm. and say, all right, they generally outplayed their opponent in games one and two. They worked counts a little bit better. They got two starters out of the game. Julio had decent games in both of those. And then in the third one, it was just completely the opposite. But over the course of a three-game series against an awful Chicago team, they were unimpressive. They won, Mm -hmm. which is great. And maybe long term, that's the good thing, right? They're finding a way to keep themselves alive, keep themselves in it without playing their best baseball. And with the hope being at some point that switch will be flipped and you'll get to see a, a, a powerhouse absolutely roar, you know, to life. I was driving down to, uh, to Olympia or not Olympia, DuPont on Friday.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I was behind a uh, Lamborghini. Oh. Which is nice. You don't often get behind no, a Lambo. No, you don't. Right? You this don't. is like a blue, like a deep blue Lambo. Yeah. They're pretty sweet. Mm-hmm. Like when you see, is there any other car that what you color? see? What it, color? Was it green or yellow? Deep blue. That's okay. what you said. Deep blue. Mm, okay. It was nice. Right. Almost purple, but not. Like, you know what I mean? That like really deep blue color. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. And it was, uh, you know, there's there are certain cars that when you see them on the road, you'll like kind of follow, stop. Lambo's number one at that. And I'm not saying it's my favorite car. But it's definitely the one where you're like, all right, what's going on here? What's yeah. going on with the Lambo? Uh-huh. Right? So I was following it. Well, it went past me, and then I was following it, and I went past it. And then at some point, there was like a little open space to the left, and like the break, the, uh, the uh, HOV lane opened up mm-hmm. for like, I don't know, half a mile or something.
1: Was he solo? Yeah. Were they solo? Oh, yeah. Why, why did I assume it was a
0: guy? Well, it was. All right. And of course... <laughs> Like just seeing, because you know, like if you're driving the Lambo, it's not like you can drive a hundred miles an hour on a Friday down to down to Dupont in sure, that area. Sure. But when you get a quick little spot where you can open it up, even just to accelerate around somebody, yeah, that's why you have the Lambo, right? Okay. And he did, and you're just like, damn, that thing moves. <laughs> like it's not. It's it, I know everyone gets excited about zero to sixty. That's cool. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. What I think is most impressive about cars like that yeah. is they're like fifty to eighty speed. Mm-hmm. Like you're at fifty. And they decide they want to go eighty, and they're there. That fifty to eighty instantly, is right? Yeah. Could the Mariners be like that? Could they be just sort of idling in traffic here all year long, bobbing up and down like a buoy, and at some point flip a switch like that and go fifty to eighty in a mm. hurry?
1: Mm. Uh, if you let everyone else tell it, all of the uh, Mariner fans, the ones that the diehards, the ones that watch and pay attention all the time, like that. If you're me, the pedestrian fan, who mm-hmm. kind of just comes in and checks them out, who came in yesterday, checked them out, saw that, okay, you know, the homestand was cool. They won four of six. They won two out of three against a struggling right. uh, White Sox team. Okay, Cool. But when I come in, I got to admit to something to y'all. I knew I was going to come on the show, and I knew we were going to be talking about Mariner baseball, and I was thinking, mm, let me just see just how bad the Mariners are doing. <laughs> it's been bad, right? And so I go to get in, I'm like, oh, okay, as of yesterday, they were eight and a half back from Texas in them, yeah. right? Like, well, why is Texas so damn good? But anyways, mm. I was sitting there, I was like, oh, man, eight and a half, and then I went into the wild card. And you said it this morning, in the six o'clock hour, and I got to the wild card, and I said, Wait, the Mariners are only three games back of the wild card race? Yeah. So I I I am like, wow. And then I connected to the Mariners. I connected to them and let me see if I can connect with some of you diehard Mariner fans out there. You got trust issues. You got trust issues. No kidding. And, and what I mean by that is is I know what that's like. I've been in situations where for so many years, I didn't do the right thing. (laughs) For so many years, I didn't come home at night when I should have. For so many years, I did not do the right thing. So when I start doing the right thing and I start winning, it takes a while. To get that trust.
0: Yeah, I I think your analogy is good. I think the one thing I would add to it, though, is in addition to the trust issues that are warranted from a lot of people, Mm -hmm. they also raised expectations. And while you're right and I'm right, they're only three games back in the wild card, and that's good. This year is supposed to be a little bit about more than that. This was a year you were supposed to be competing for a division. You were supposed to be a little bit more comfortable. You weren't supposed to need to be paying attention to that wild card standing every year because you had already allowed the division to get away from you before the All-Star break. Sure. So you're not wrong. I mean, you're right. Honestly, I agree with you. There's some trust issues, and this team's better than they've been given credit for. Yeah. On the other hand, they're supposed to be better than this. You just made me connect again. Yeah, and so I think they can do it. I think I think that there is a a, a fifty to eighty in there at some point where they turn on the gas and hopefully you know accelerate i are kind of waiting for it to happen. you still got time. It's only June 19th, as uh, you may know. All right, coming up, we we'll got get to everything you need to know. And then uh, I'm going to make a comparison G for the Seahawks that hopefully will uh, spark some conversation with you. We'll do that at 7.30 th- right after everything you need to know next. Brock and Salk. Seattle Sports on 710 Salesports.com.
1: Need to know.
0: 15 minutes past every hour with Brock and Salk.
1: Here's what you need to know. Up first.
0: Well, it was a real pretty. It really wasn't all that convincing, but the Mariners did get the job done this weekend, so I guess there's that. They took two out of three from a very mediocre Chicago White Sox team. As usual, the story, pitching, pitching, and more pitching. First, Brian Wu, great on Friday. Logan Gilbert, good, not quite great on Saturday. And then Bryce Miller absolutely finished it off in style yesterday. Here comes Miller's 1-2 to Sheets. Swung on, chopped right to first base on the backhand. France has an underhand toss to Miller. Stomps on the bag. He's got the out. A 1-2-3-7 thing for Bryce Miller, who's been outstanding today against the White Sox. He sure was. Really, really nice outing for him. Uh, and it was all they needed as they score five runs. Julio got him going early. The 1-0. Swung on. A hot shot into the gap. That's down. It's going to the wall. Around third base. Here comes Cal. Now screaming around third is JP. He's going to score standing. Julio into second, clapping his hands. Julio, a ringing double to the wall. The Mariners on the board. It's 2-0. Yeah, Kelnick added a three-run triple later. It's nice when those two guys drive in all five of your runs. It just kind of feels like the way this thing is supposed to be.
1: The Mariners are three back from the wild (laughs) card still. And one thing we've learned in life on the other side of pain is success, right? And nothing that has happened in our lives has happened because of uh, just sheer winning all the time. Sometimes you need a little heartbreak. And over the years, the Mariners have given you a little heartbreak. And then they get, last year gave you some excess. So these uh, elevated opinions and elevated uh, expectations. expectations are there now. And what's going to happen in the second half of the season? Oh, they're going to get magical. Yeah, it's
0: kind of crazy. We're creeping up to the second half of the season, so it feels late. But also, there's a whole half of a season left for this team to kind of, again, start to accelerate. Off day again today as they travel across the country. They'll be in New York for three. Aaron Judge not going to play in that series, and boy, is that a shame. Uh, I'm just going to really miss him. That's so so sad that he's on the IL with that little toe injury. Here's the second thing. You
1: need to know.
0: Pretty uh, great ending to the U.S. Open. I didn't love the U.S. Open in general. We'll dig into why here in a second. But congratulations to Wyndham Clark. And now the stage is clear for Wyndham Clark, who takes down all the stars in Los Angeles to win the United States Open. I don't know whether there's a more golf-like name than Wyndham Clark. Uh, He is... uh, Young guy who had a heck of a four days, and that's his second win now of the year. You may not have heard of him. He was the 32nd-ranked player in the world coming in. He started this year at 163rd in the world, so he has moved up very quickly, but kept his composure, didn't make any mistakes, grinded his way to victory when he needed to, and on that final hole when he needed to two-putt from 60 out, He found a way to get it done. It was pretty cool. He was emotional immediately. Honestly, before he reached into the cup to pick up the ball, he was balling.
1: Mm. My homeboy was at the 18th uh, yesterday at the U.S. Open, and he said, "Gee, we got to go. He said, "Ooh, we! This golf thing is popping oh, right now. You now. Want to go. Yeah, so I don't know what happened with the whole live experience and what they have learned, and maybe the PGA Golf is like, mm, we need to go ahead and step it up. But my homeboy told me at the 18th that it was happening, Captain. Really? Ooh, Yes, to hear. I'm looking forward Boy, to so it. Are some you golf. saying you
0: want to start playing or watching?
1: Uh, yeah, watching, watching. Because you know what? This
0: you playing, told me you were going to play, and I, and then you kind of didn't." I am way too busy for that habit. All right, that's fair. It's it, And it's not just a habit. It's an addiction. Yeah. All right, well, now we're going to have to hear a little bit more about this. I thought the Open was good, not quite great yeah. on TV. Good leaderboard, great storylines, some big names out there, but not a great crowd in general. I mean, it was kind of quiet for a U.S. Open. I thought they had a better crowd last week at the Canadian Open. So mm. I, I thought they could have stepped up their game in L.A. a little bit. Here's the third thing you need to to know. No way to step up the game any more so than the Mariners did on Saturday with those steelhead uniforms, man. I've said it before. I'll say it again. Make them permanent. Make them their standard uniform. Change the name. Change the color scheme. Just become the team that you looked like on Saturday. The Seattle Steelhead, wear those black and sort of off-white uniforms full-time. Who says no to that?
1: When you Deion Sanders, and I've said it before, I'll say it again. One of the best thing he's ever said: When you look good, you play good, and when you play good, right, you uh,
0: bring in fans. Look you, good, feel you, good. You, know, you missed feel good in there.
1: I did. Because look good, feel good. Play look good. good, feel good. When you feel good, you, you play good, good. and there when you are. play good, what they do? Pay good. <laughs> <laughs> What do you think? You like those? You like those steelheads? Man, them unis are fire. they clean, right? I need that in my life. I can't believe I don't even have any of that Which in is my better? arsenal. Yeah, black
0: and white steelhead uniforms or teal, blue, and whatever mariner uniforms. Uh, black and white. Thank you. Full-time, man. Yeah. Like Penn State. Keep it simple. Keep it old school. I know you're an Ohio State guy now, so you can't say anything nice about another yeah, Big Ten school. But, I heard but those, Penn t- 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 those Penn State uniforms are yeah. still as good as they
1: get. Yeah. When you said Penn State, I was like, ooh. Really? Gee, what, yeah. If you Bring up Penn State. Well, I can like think You like those about uniforms? Uh, oh, the uniforms? Yeah. That's all. No, they're clean. They're clean, they're clean. man. They're just I, old school and clean. You, you know who else is clean, too? Notre Dame. Like, there's something about that old... Uh, Maybe we're old. Are you right? allowed to say it
0: about Michigan? Or you can't go there? I can't go there. You can't go there, even I though the maze blue is pretty I sweet. Can't. I
1: can't go there. You can't there. go there. Good. Why? You want me to just tell you how growing up, how growing up, I always thought the Buckeyes uniforms were ugly and nasty compared to that Scarlet and Ooh. silver. Mm. Hey, the team up north. I can't even say their name. But. The team up north. The Maze and Blue. Man. <laughs> <laughs> That's everything you need to know. We do that uh, quarter
0: past every hour here on the Brock and Salk show. i really for fun. the rest
1: of this uh, segment, though. Are you? you? Got, yeah, because you got some questions. I do have a hard question for you. That you're going to ask and it is the deb- one thing I love about this show coming on with you guys is I get to really be transparent yes I get to tell things I got a few phone calls about what I was saying on Friday oh, really? yeah I did <laughs> uh, so, so someone said to me hey G, maybe you were a, a little too honest about Ross Whatever topics we talked about. I don't really remember the topics <laughs> that we talked about, but I just know that I was a little too transparent. That'll so happen. Yeah, maybe, you get the adrenaline
0: up, and the next thing you know, you've admitted things that you shouldn't admit. So,
1: so maybe today, hmm. so that I can be brought back this okay. week, maybe I'll go 90% instead okay. of 100. <laughs> 100 <laughs> kind of gets me in trouble right. a little bit.
0: 90% honesty coming up from G. Scott and a comparison for the Seahawks that's a little uncomfortable to make. That's next. Brock and Salk Seattle Sports on 710. SeattleSports.com
1: This is Brock and Salk. Powered through the Alaska Airlines Studio. Back in mornings from 6 to 10. On Seattle Sports and the Seattle Sports Out. I can't
0: believe I'm going to say what I'm going to say because it's supposed to be the other way around. You're not supposed to make comparisons like this. You're not supposed to compare the old dog on the block to the new pup. But I think I'm about to. G. Scott's in today, uh, hanging out uh, for a few hours as Brock is off, helicoptering around the world, or, I don't know, living his yeah, best life in a way crazy. that the rest yeah. of us are not. Uh, Mora also living her best life in uh, beautiful Iowa for, uh, you know, where the cool kids go on vacation these days. Um, the the glitterati of, of Quad Cities and all of that. Um, G., I'm going to make a comparison that probably shouldn't be made, but... Are the Seahawks about to be kind of like the Kraken? I know you're not supposed to you're supposed to compare things the other way, because obviously the Seahawks are a lot more familiar to more folks than the Kraken are. Mm. But I watched this whole Kraken season and they were a good team. As you know, they won a playoff series, nearly won a second, went to a seventh game and they had no stars. None. They had nobody at the top of the NHL list. Matty Beneers may get there one day, and he made the All-Star game because of some name recognition and all that. He had a good start to the season. But they are not a team with stars. They were deep. They had a lot of pros. They had a lot of guys that belonged on the ice, that belonged in the NHL, and together they probably achieved more than the sum of their parts. But they are not a team with any of those sort of big carrying stars. And I'm looking at this Seahawks team, and DK's a star-ish. He's a star, and his personality helps. But, again, we were looking at a top 100 list for the other day for the NFL. He was 55th, the highest-rated Seahawk. Mm -hmm. The only other Seahawk on the list was Tariq Woolen in the 80s. -hmm. There were some honorable mentions, and Bobby Wagner was outside the top 100, and... Uh, Charles Cross was on there and Gino was on there, but, you know, more in that 100 to 150 range. Mm
1: -hmm. Is this a team that is going to win without stars? They have stars. They have stars. It just depends on who you talk to about this. And I think that what you are bringing up is a legitimate thing because maybe across the country. Maybe across the country, the only name, the only recognizable name across the country. If you talk, if you're in uh, Iowa, where Mar is right now, mm. right? And you're in Iowa. You're at a bar, and Mar's like, "Yeah, you know, I'm I work for the uh, for the Seahawks flagship station. They're like, oh, the Seahawks, yeah.' Um, Bobby Wagner, right? So they, they'll, they'll they'll recognize that, yeah. Bobby yeah. Wagner went back from went back from the Rams, back to the Seattle. I know that guy. Oh, and then uh, that DK Metcalf, yeah, they they know them. So. I would say that you're right when it comes to that. I think here locally, I think that people listening right now, people with the understanding of Seahawk football, I think they know that this team has some stars, Mm. right? Like, nobody in Iowa is going to bring up Tyler Lockett's name. However, over the last four years, this dude has had 1,000 yards receiving. Tyler Lockett is probably the most underrated Seahawk of all time. You want to talk about a young man, excuse me, he's well, not a young man anymore, but a, a young dude that gets really no respect, Rodney Dangerfield, right? right? Mm-hmm. Um, then you talk about the running back, right? Kenneth Walker III. You're talking about someone who finished second in the Rookie offensive Player of the Year candidate. That happened. Then you talk about Geno Smith. Oh, I remember Geno Smith. Wasn't he the guy that got into the, the, the fight over with, when he was with the Jets? No. He's the guy that was a career backup for nearly 10 years, the guy who, who came in after the, the supposed Hall of Famer and was going to be leading this team to the playoffs, which he did. <laughs> Geno Smith is a star so much so. Here's a segue for you. So much so, Geno Smith will have a better year this year than he had last. Oh, that is uh, an interesting
0: take, which we will come back to here in a moment because I think I have to think about, I have to digest that a little bit. I'm, I'm not, I'm. That one's going to be a little hard for me. Um mm. I don't know that they really I don't I don't actually agree with you to be honest with you I don't think they have stars well, you, well where you're going on Friday when it comes to digestion you'll understand <laughs> <laughs> i don't't I don't, I don't think they really do and I, I, I think when you when I say stars okay. I'm talking about people that are you know the best at their position in the league Bobby has been that I don't know whether it's safe to say that he still is that right now fair right I mean Gino's a good player he's not in the elite you know, top three or four kind of quarterbacks in the league. Kenneth Walker might end up there at some point, but he's a running back, right? Mm -hmm. And outside of Derrick Henry, for the most part, they're all somewhat interchangeable. Mm -hmm. Uh, DK is one of the better receivers, but, you know, there's some truly elite, unbelievable, build your team around them kind of guys in this league, and I don't know that he's one of them. Tariq Woolen, really good. I love what he does. And I think overall their secondary is going to be special. But is he that elite best of the best? I think he's going to have to show it for more than one year. And here's the biggest concern I have about all of that. Because I think their depth and their and their and their sort of overall strength will balance out some of those uh I don't want to say they're lacking, just just that they're not like at the absolute tippy top of the elite spectrum. Everyone you're mentioning. Mm-hmm. And everyone I just mentioned, mm-hmm. unfortunately, has the same thing in common. Mm. They don't play up front. They're not bigger than 275 pounds.
1: Okay.
0: Every single guy that you and I just mentioned sure. weighs under 275 pounds. And while it's important to have guys who can run and important to have guys on the outside, I'm not saying that they're unimportant. Mm-hmm. I don't think they're as important as those big fellas up front. And you better have some dudes that can do damage on the
1: front of both your offensive and defensive lines. I'll start off by saying that you win this argument. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. No, you. I'm going to cut that. Time to go. Uh, please, Justin, <laughs> hold on to that. G said he would be keeping it 100 today. And then he just said that I won an argument. 360 had texted in and said, no way, G, keep it 100. And so I, for the sake of the show, I'm going to keep nice. everything very transparent. Thank at 100. you. Appreciate that um, you win the argument because here's why you made the comment and when you said it I could not argue but I'm going to I'm going to go back to 2011 2012 in a sec but you said yeah gee but the Seahawks don't really have the best player at each position in the NFL and so which I would say you're right because if you go back to yesteryear, at one time an argument could be made that they did have the best player at each position, but that argument wasn't made until after True. success yep. happened. No, you're right. Right. So in in this case, you bring up uh, the trenches, you bring up the offensive line, and all of the players that we are naming we did not have. We, we're not naming anyone under 275 pounds, which was a great point that you made. I'd argue, Salk, that if you go back then, I don't think that people were giving the respect to those in the trenches that we had then. Nobody gave Brandon Meebane that respect. Nobody gave, really, Red Bryant that respect. That dude had to wear goggles and glasses and had to get LASIK surgery. Nobody was giving him that love. Nobody was giving the Mike Bennett that was coming over from the Tampa Bay Buccaneers the same Mike Bennett that was cut here in 2009 that credit. Nobody was really new about this Cliff Averill coming over from a Detroit team where his rookie season, he went 0-16. So the credibility of these guys on the D-line wasn't really there. And oh, by the way, if you want to talk about Chris Clemens, you want to talk about somebody who gets no respect – I'll challenge you to do something when you get a chance. Go look up how many sacks Chris Clemens had in three years. Don't worry, I'll help you. 30? Chris Clemens had 30 sacks in three years. So when you talk about superstars, maybe you're right. Maybe they don't have the superstars in what you're talking about. But what I'm telling you is is maybe this Goldilocks that you guys talked about last week, mm-hmm. maybe it points more so that you guys were on top of things because here is the setup right here, right, as they get ready to go forward. Why do you think
0: Gino's going to have a better year than last year?
1: Because he has an entire offseason. He just had an entire offseason, Mike Salk, where he is the guy. All last season, right, he goes into OTAs. He goes into minicamp. He goes into training camp. All of us, including Gino and the entire team, did not know Gino was going to be the man, did not know he was going to be the starter until week one. Let me put this in layman's terms for everyone listening at home or in your car. If you don't find out that you are going to be the top person in management, if you don't find out that you're going to be the key person in that role at your job – How can you prepare? Imagine finding out day one, okay, Charlie, you are now the boss. You're like, oh, man, I wish I would have known this. Now Charlie Mm. does the job for a year. He comes back next year. Charlie gets to prepare in the offseason. Charlie gets to know that he is going to be the guy. When we talk about Geno Smith now, we don't talk about him as a, I don't know what he's going to do. No. We talk about Geno Smith like, oh, that's our quarterback. And by the way, just for those listening, these players, yo, don't think they don't listen. Don't think they don't check the Twitter. <laughs> don't think they don't check social media. Don't think their mom, their daddy, their auntie, their cousin, friends, all of them, don't think they don't report back to what you say. If there's one thing that I've learned about these players over the years, Mike Saul
0: They have big ears. <laughs>
1: They care more than us. Like, it's like they. Oh, it's their reputation. I get it. Absolutely. It's it's,
0: it's who's talking about you. It's their reputation that is always on the line and being discussed. and, And that's weird. I mean, like, I love what we do for a living, but it's also kind of weird. We sit around talking about what other people do, it's strange. Right? And, we, and we, <laughs> we judge what they did well, what they did poorly, whether we like them, whether we don't. It's weird that such a thing exists. I absolutely understand why they listen and why they don't
1: like it. Totally you, get it. Brock and Salk. Weird. No. <laughs> Very weird. No, no. But no, no, hear me out for a sec, Justin. Brock and Salk are the morning show on the Seahawks flagship station.
0: Fair? True. I mean, true. just fact. Accurate. Yeah. That's Accurate, fact. yes. I that's... mean, it's definitely fair because it's true.
1: Okay, that's a fact. Okay. Yes. so I'm Undebatable. Go- I'll ask this question. What did Mike Salk say about how were you talking about Geno Smith this time 365 days ago? I, Let me I, hear
0: it. I had watched Geno Smith at uh, the minicams and thought he looked terrible. Now, I that, that was what I,
1: was, I don't remember the exact words, but it was based off of that. And like my guy Graz used to say, have an opinion. That's fair. Yeah. You had that opinion. You're, you are the host of the Brock and Salk show on the flagship station of the Seahawks. So you guys don't think that Geno Smith hears that? He does not hear about that? That he is terrible? He is still a human being. Now, here we are today. In 2023. Now, sir, I want you to give us your opinion on Geno Smith.
0: He's not terrible. <laughs> I mean, he's better. He's significantly better. He had a great year. Kudos to him. He was awesome last year. And watching him at minicamp this year, he looked like a starting quarterback. He was in command, he was in control, the ball came out quick, he seemed poised. All of the things that seemed to be missing a year ago when I was watching seem to be there now. That's why he's going to have a better year. Well, I was dead wrong last year, so we'll see whether I have any idea about this year. He may very well go the other direction. Who the heck knows? Like, oh, you think I'm good now? Watch this. You watch me throw five picks in a game, man. I don't know, man. I, I, I think Gino's a good quarterback. I think that they've got a great system for him. I think that he do, that. Pete has done a great job of taking advantage of Geno's strengths and sort of helping to mitigate his weaknesses. By the way, exactly what Pete did for Russ, just that Russ didn't want to hear it. Um, and, I, and I think they can absolutely be successful again. Was he going to have a better year than last year? I don't know that I'm quite willing to say that yet, but I, I do think that he comes into it in command with respect, the, the guys seem to absolutely have respect for him and look to him and seem to appreciate what he did last year and the way he handled success for really the first time in his career. So I, I do think there's a bunch of things going in the right direction for Geno Smith, mm. and they're going to need to because they don't have a ton of stars. They're going to need him to elevate everybody around him, which is what the best quarterbacks do. So hopefully he can get that done and they can, uh, I don't want to say be more than their talent because I think they're very talented. I think they've got a lot of talent on this team. It's interesting to me that they don't have a lot of the truly elite talent, mm. but they've got probably more very good players mm. than most teams out there, certainly in the NFC. Let's do a little Blue
1: 88. Mm, let's get it. <laughs> it's, it's and blue 88. Blue 88! We take you to the field as Brock Heward breaks down three football questions as only he can.
0: Now here's your hosts, Brock Heward and Mike Saul. RG right, G, I've got three football questions for you today. Trying to take advantage of your unique skills, your unique uh, position that you've been in life, the people you've been around, etc. Question number one, mm. who is the player you've been around over the years? that grew up the most while he was a Seahawk from point A to point B?
1: Ooh, that is a good one. The player that grew up the most, this is very easy. I got to go Nate Burleson. Nate Burleson is the player that I, I mean, to watch Nate Burleson on CBS Mornings every single day, to see where he is now, to see where the Nate Burleson is in, you know, to come in the showboat and the the suits that he would have and inside of his suits, every time you would see his suit for the week, every time, I'm, I'm telling you guys something that used to happen the interior of his suit jacket would be the colors of the opposing team right like Nate Burleson was the flashy you know coming into the facility beating the music loud getting out the car dancing and this and to see him now to talk about and in this voice Nate Nate that's you, Brad.
0: Isn't that amazing?
1: Nate Burleson. Wow. Hands down. Any
0: honorable mentions, other people that you saw really grow up a lot during their time here?
1: I, I, I think uh, honorable mention, oh, I got to give love, Jordan Babineau. <laughs> Jordan Babineau used to come to the facility when he was a rookie in his SUV. He used to have all the different hats up there. He talked real country. So when I hear him talk now, I'm like, is that the same Jordan Babino? <laughs> gee, how you doing, brother? Good to see you. I'm like, that's the Jordan, so I would give him some love. And let me see, uh, as far as some of the Seahawks that definitely bring it current year, uh, some Seahawks that have grown up the most, Doug Baldwin has never changed. Right, He was like that as a (laughs) rookie. Like, bro, you too old to be that stressed. You know what (laughs) I mean? That was him. Uh, Let's see. I don't know. Um, I would say that... The Seahawks of two thousand, the, the 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 real great players, those guys they never change. Grown up, they they, they just no. they just never change. They say to stay the same. Like Richard Sherman is still the same as he was as a rookie. Like <laughs> them dudes is like, <laughs> them dudes are competitive. They get mad about the littlest things. Everything mattered. What you said about them details matter, and I think that's the reason <laughs> that made them so damn good.
0: All right, question number two. Yeah of the various super bowl contenders this year yeah which one shouldn't which, which team is getting pub pub that shouldn't
1: be there oh easily buffalo bills and it's a wrap it's they're done reynolds wrap for the buffalo bills and what's going on and with uh Dig stefan Diggs out there and with uh, josh allen i mean right now what they got going on They got this thing where Diggs is not showing up to camp. I'm not showing up to camp because, oh, it's not contract related. Wait, what? So therefore, and then Josh Allen comes out and says, yeah, you know, we just got to get to the bottom of some things. So right now in the media, you just told the media that there's some rift and some beef between your wide receiver, right, and your quarterback. Well, what ends up happening then? you have a locker room that becomes divided, right? So now it's going to be on the head coach. Can the head coach do something that Pete Carroll has been the master of? Can you make sure that the success, and by the way, the Buffalo Bills, you haven't even gotten that success. You haven't even won anything yet. And it's almost like a lot of people want to crown you, crown you before anything happens. So I think that the Buffalo Bills will be the team that people want to crown, I don't think they make the playoffs this year.
0: Wow. All right. Question number three. G. What? In your time around the Seahawks, all of the time you've been there, Uh, who is the
1: best-dressed Seahawk uh, of all time? First, let me give an honorable mention first to Nate Burleson. Because Nate Burleson in those suits used to be clean. (laughs) And and, and, and I will say, when you guys see Nate Burleson on CBS mornings and you see him in those nice suits and you see him in the different hairstyles, he was doing that early on as a player. Like, he has always had incredible, incredible style. But I got to give number one. And... This is where this is this is a a trust tree, right? Like this is where uh, we honest, right? But this is where I need y'all not to tell anybody I said it. The number one ranked dressed player in Seahawks history in the twenty years. By the way, it's twenty years today that I've been around this team. (sighs) Russell
0: Wilson. I had a feeling that was coming.
1: I had a feeling that was coming. It's Russell Wilson. Russell's the best dressed. Yes. Yes. That that dude is cleaner than the board of health. <laughs> I ain't gonna lie, y'all. I look, look. Let it be. Let me know. I'm not really the greatest, you know, Russell Wilson fan out there. But that dude is mean clean. You understand me? Really clean. I mean, that dude. That dude comes in. He game time every single time. As a matter of fact, there used to be this thing where before the games we used to have a video cam. Now, by the way, Seahawks. I need my credit. I need my credit, Seahawks, but we used to do a thing where in Touchdown City, we would see the guys coming in, and we would rank them on how they were dressed coming in. Mm. We did a lot of this during the pandemic, for sure, and every single week, Russell wins it. That dude be clean. (laughs) So, yeah, best dressed Seahawks definitely Russell. That's Blue 88. That was uh
0: I had a feeling you might go there. I wasn't mm, sure. Yeah. I wasn't sure if you would be willing to say it. I thought Cam might have been on the list cuz he also kind of got into the fashion world a little bit, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh no, nah,
1: Cam's not there. You know, a lot of those <laughs> I'm going to say this, this is going to uh probably going to get back to me, but yep. a, a lot of those guys like Cam and Earl and and Sherm, by the way, Sherm, terrible, Richard Sherman. <laughs> Terrible. Like that dude wears Uggs whenever he can. Um, a lot of those players, they just cared about football, man. They didn't really care about style and stuff like that. Like, you know, Bobby Wagner, that dude wears shorts 95% of the he cares time. Cares about his shoes, though. Who, Wags? Yeah. Yeah, he used to wear it just to say he wears wear some Jordans. He'd throw some Jordans on. That right. was his thing. D- Doug Baldwin, definitely. D- Here we go. Let me see how fast this gets to Doug. <laughs> as far as the worst style, like the absolute worst style
0: goes to Doug Baldwin. Why? Awful. Now, why would you say that about my friend Doug now? <laughs> that's not right. <laughs> I, that's honestly, that's not right. Doug and I have become close recently, and I, I don't appreciate that, taking shots.
1: <laughs> Doug just doesn't care about that. <laughs> like, he like. If you if you get a chance, right, go on social media, go on YouTube, go yeah. whatever you want, and go see Doug make presentations somewhere, go see Doug post-game. He wears, go like, see- a suit and
0: stuff, right? No. I've seen him wearing a suit No, That's not what he's wearing?
1: I'm, what is he wearing? I got $500 to tell you, you have not seen Doug Baldwin <laughs> in a suit. In my life? In your life! Wow. Actually, no, I take that back. You know the last time he wore a suit? I remember because I have it on. I have it recording. It was when he just signed a contract, his his second contract. I have a recording of him in a suit. That's the last, first, and last time. So let me really just Doug before we go, we're
0: going to take a quick break here and come back talk a little baseball. I got a, a very serious question to ask you. Yeah. Who is a better dresser? Mm. And I just want one word answer: okay. Russell Wilson mm-hmm. or you. Russell. Whoa! Russell's better because he's got the money. If you had Russ's cash, would you be as good a dresser as Russ? Probably. Okay. <laughs> but he he's got access to a little bit of extra funding to kind of make that happen. All uh, right. I
1: know somebody just asked what about KJ. I yeah. know KJ's going to be coming in. He's in yeah. tomorrow? Yeah. KJ just started with style. Uh, now no, he's kind of I was going to ask you out. about
0: the most growth. I thought you'd mention KJ with everything he's been up to, too.
1: No, but no, KJ's always been this way. Okay. Like, he's always been. This way. But, but as far as style, KJ had. <laughs> he's from
0: Mississippi. No I mean, he's style. from Olive Branch, Mississippi. The poor guy. I mean, like, that's a that's a handicap you've got to overcome I during was, his time I thought, here. I thought KJ was security. <laughs> <laughs> G has some baseball-related questions for me, including one that kind of has me scratching my head. We'll uh, try to answer them together next. Brock and Salk Seattle Sports on 710 and the Seattle Sports app.